Hello once again, welcome to the show. The way we buy and sell real estate hasn't really changed in almost 40 years since the internet impacted the process. AI will change all of that. We need better understanding around this stuff to humanize the technology to make people understand or help people understand that this isn't about either or this is about human and tech working together to create amazing experiences in real estate hello i'm kevin turner and on behalf of our content partners realty.com.au bmt tax depreciation know-how property finance get rare property and apiro marketing welcome to this week's realty talk show that little insert you heard was Kylie Davis. Now, Kylie is a leading authority on the Australian prop tech landscape, and she's the founder and president of the Prop Tech Association of Australia. Make no mistake, the real estate industry will be affected by AI, and there'll be those who embrace technology now and make it happen, versus those who ignore it, and they're likely going to end up being drowned in the wake. Property is a massive fragmented industry overdue for an upgrade. One of our sponsors, realty.com.au, this week launched AI-powered discovery search. Ex-CEO of the REA group, realestate.com.au, Simon Baker, summed up what discovery search is when he told Daniel Streak recently in our sister show, Realty Uncut. We have to move from matching to discovery. Now, this is where AI starts to step in. Traditionally, it's been reliant on me as the searcher to really guide the process. That's really then limited. If I don't know what I don't know, I'll never find it. So then the role of an AI-driven search engine is to say, what's really important to you? Tell me where I could live. Try doing that today on REA or try doing that today on, on Domain. You can't, right? So that's the next evolution. That then starts to bring in more characteristics about what's important to you. Simon Baker there. And we'll tell you more about Realty's discovery search in the show next week. Don't miss that. In the meantime, Kylie will join Bushy in just a moment to discuss how the industry, that's the real estate industry, is shaping up and how AI will impact the buying and selling process. Hey, if this is your first time with us, welcome. You're going to find us on all podcast players and through the Southern Cross Oz Stereo Network. If you like the show, make sure you hit the subscribe button and help us continue to bring you the best guests every week. We'll be back in just a moment as Bushy kicks off this week's show. Property deductions can save you thousands of dollars each year. To make sure you maximise deductions, you need to work with the most experienced quantity surveyor in the country. BMT Tax Depreciation is the leading specialist in the industry. They've completed over 700,000 tax deduction schedules for residential investment and commercial properties Australia-wide. BMT guarantee to find double your fee in the first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Realty Talk and your host, Bushy Martin. Okay, here's Bushy with this week's guest, Kylie Davis. So welcome to the Property Hub, Kylie. Thanks, Bushy. Thanks for having me. Uh, really looking forward to the, the chat because uh, you're really at the forefront of uh, an area that's going to really transform and disrupt what's happening in the, the good old world of property. So to sort of get straight into the heart of this 
quite transformational subject. What are the technological and behavioural trends that you're seeing that are changing how real estate is being practised right now? Yeah, so I think I think one of the things to comment on is that this is we are in the middle of this. This is not coming. This is this is something that we're now living every single day, right? Yeah. And and it's been coming for a while. And some of the trends I'm going to mention, people are probably going to roll their eyes and go, "Oh, what? Still is that a thing?" But what we're seeing is that we are now at tipping point around this whole idea of big data. Everywhere we go, everything we do, every breath we take, every step we take is being recorded and monitored on our phones, on our, on our, you know, on our computers, like on our Fitbits and, you know, Google watches or Apple watches, everything is, we, we create a data stream everywhere we go and, and with everything we do across all of our lives, not just for property. And property has always been an industry that has had an awful lot of data around, you know, property size and, you know, housing type and location and suburb value and all of that sort of stuff. But when you overlay that information that we have about our market and about the asset class of, you know, residential property, especially in Australia, and then you start to overlay that with the data that is now coming out about the people in those properties because of the devices that we're carrying and the and the coverage of it it starts to give us this extraordinary power source to drive ai and in the meantime you know the other big trend is that chat gpt has has come out now AI has been around for a really long time. We've been looking at automatons since, you know, since Greek philosophy, you know, since the Greek days. Some Homer, I think, first um, wrote about automatons. Um, uh, but what we know is ChatGPT is basically the post child for making AI accessible to everybody. Like we can all understand how it works. We can start to play and practice with it. And in doing that, it breaks down a lot of those last barriers that we've had to embracing it and then looking at ways that we can adopt it inside our businesses. But AI can only work with really good data. And so real estate is one of those areas that has quite astonishing data that we're able to, that as this technology um, grows, is is coming into our space, is coming into our space and becoming normalized. It the backdrop of that is the human behavior. So if you think about how we order a cab or a pizza or um or you know what our expectations are these days around customization personal like so not customization as in I want it customized to me more personalization I want you to know who I am when I walk into Bunnings and know that I've been looking up you know um screen doors and I want you to tell me that I need to go straight to aisle 45 like you know um we want to know these things because going in and being anonymous feels really impersonal we and, and the data is able to personalize the 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 experiences that we have every day in in so many ways when it comes to buying your most expensive asset though it is a little bit like you know the sort of 1990 something called up and wants its process back and suddenly you're thrust back into this process that is opaque not trend you know it's hard to know what you're up to it's hard to know what what to do in what order you're not sure if you can trust the people that uh, uh, that you're being asked to talk to about things or getting information from it is very old school and it's we've we've gotten away with it for the time because of the the time period between transactions so you know by the time you know seven years on average kind of although that's a little bit old now sort of up to 12 years in some markets but 
if you've only doing if you're doing this for the first time or if you're doing this for you haven't done it for about 12 years you tend to forget or you have a little bit of ptsd when you go oh god yeah that's right i remember this is awful <laughs> um uh, but you kind of endure it because well it only happens once but i think we're becoming increasingly impatient with that if i can buy a pizza and see exactly where it's up to and how far away it is from my door and i can do that for a product that cost me 30 bucks maybe I should be able to do it for something that cost me 300,000 or 3 million. You know, like there's no excuse why, especially when that process is more complicated. So we're becoming a lot, uh, we're becoming a lot more comfortable with the technology. We're producing a lot more data as a society. We are keen to see that personalization in everything that we do. We're becoming impatient with it. It feels like bad customer service. And real estate kind of really needs to get on board with these kind of trends so that humans can stay as part of this service process rather than being automated out of the equation. Yeah, very well said. I think the thing that excites me, uh, one, as you touched on already, that the expectations are, are, are going to uh, increase, which will force the industry to respond. But what I also love about the intelligence aspect of the exercise is that the, the old reliance, the reductionist approach to try and get it back to one or two indicators to make very expensive decisions that are, are often a bit of a roll of the dice uh, with the uh, the complexity and the ability of technology to actually embrace all of all of those dynamics and actually give us uh, much better direction on what we should be doing when uh, it's very exciting, I think. But um, look, you, you've already touched on the next one in a little bit of detail already but from a timing perspective uh we're, we're in the in the cut and thrust oh we're, we're right in the middle of it and mm. we're right in the middle of it and you can see evidence of this in a couple of different ways so here's the here's the counter model to why i don't want to do technology because i like to deliver a personal service um which i hear a lot um the thing is that because our expectations as consumers now created by the mobile phones in our hands are so instantaneous and so customised and personalised, you cannot deliver a personalised service if the only tool you have in your toolbox is a mobile phone to call people because what that turns you into or, or email to support that, you know, it's a bit of email to support that because a couple of things. First of all, email is the least secure way on the planet to share important, crucial, deeply personal information, including bank account details, contracts, you know, all of that sort of stuff. We are actively being targeted by cyber hackers, which is now a militarised and, and you know, and um, organised crime globally. So, and, and real estate agents being front and centre on the internet in promoting themselves are basically putting themselves out there to be hacked. So we can't, you can't, do that but the other factor that is showing us that we are at crisis point and tipping point is this whole idea that the demands of customer service now or what good service looks like being so deeply personalized by the data means that a human being can't physically deliver that themselves through a mobile phone because all that happens is they become a bottleneck and the only way to work your way through that if you don't want to embrace the technology is to work harder and we've seen the industry try to do this for the last couple of years and COVID kind of um, ramped it up even more but 
this is where we see the industry starting to go into into personal crisis around or personnel crisis where we have unprecedented amounts of burnout in the industry we have you know 65% plus of um both real estate agents and and property managers claiming that they experience stress and anxiety on a weekly basis aligned to their job um, numbers that show that there is no work-life balance uh, except in a very small proportion of people who kind of really get it and who have embraced tech. And and so it's broken, like the system's broken. And our there's a tipping point in every every process or lack of process where you get to a point where you realise, I don't want to learn the new thing because I think it's scary and I don't understand how it works and it's going to take me time to do it and I'm worried that there are risks involved in learning something new or running a new process versus my old process is so broken that it is highly risky it's, it's really risky it's exhausting me and it's taking me so much time so at some point in that tipping point you get to a point where people go actually you know what I have to learn the new process because I, this just is not sustainable anymore and for an increasing amount of number of our industry Sadly, this kind of well, we just need to learn the new process is actually being going is actually in, ending up in I'm going to walk away from the whole thing because I just can't physically do it, and that's where we need better technology training or we need better understanding around this stuff to humanize the technology to make people understand or help people understand that this isn't about either or this is about human and tech working together to create amazing experiences in real estate um, that create delighted clients and in fact grow and build your business it's not about you know just loading people up with more problems extremely well said now from the sort of governance front then what legislation is impacting the property industry in in big brush strikes as you see it so there's a couple of things that have recently come down that i think most principals and directors of real estate agencies may not yet be aware of fair work australia so at a federal level because in real estate here's the other you know unique and special thing about australian real estate is that we are a um, federated business you know structure so the irony is is that australia's single biggest asset class which is residential property which CoreLogic said recently or last yesterday we're now a 10 trillion dollar asset class residential property bigger than commercial by at least nine ten times right yeah. um but we are governed by local bylaws and, and state-based laws and, and then even local government laws in some areas. So that makes us really, as an industry, as a real estate industry, that makes us very uh, parochial and focused on our own patch. Whereas PropTech is coming over to solve the problems of the whole process. And in a PropTech mentality, the technology businesses that we see out there at the moment are basically saying, well, yeah, sure, WA is different to New South Wales, but the sales process is kind of the same. There's just some like little quirks that, you know, or different bits that happen at different points. But the same thing happens in that people come together, they put a property on the market, they sell it, they negotiate the price, they, you know, transact and settle it. Like this is how this goes. Um, so PropTech comes at it from this sort of big picture down point of view, whereas real estate agents and property managers can get very caught up in the in the day-to-day -day of the of the detail. Where what what is happening though at the same time? So we're good at solving things that are common issues across the whole 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 landscape. And we need to do that as a technology industry because if you can solve for seven states and two territories in Australia, 
you can then pretty much add 52 states from the US or, or you know, the UK um, because it's just a, we're used to dealing with that complexity. So we're really good at solving and simplifying complexity, whereas the real estate industry tends to get very bogged down in its local complexity. What is happening, though, too, at a federal level is that um, the, the federal government has now, with fair work laws, changed the definitions or added to the definitions of work health and safety to include mental health and under that and under those and they came in in april this year uh so now directors and principals are just as responsible for the mental health of their of or the of their working environment as they are for the physical health so known risks need to be managed proactively inside your real estate business and known risks include the statistics and the data which is well out is out there through both um the rise initiative and um uh, and uh, mri have also released a whole lot of data that shows that this is an industry in mental health crisis and if you don't have good procedures and processes for helping your team members deal with abusive clients um report in if they're coming close to burnout know how to you know the the old the old idea of telling them to, you know, toughen up princess, take a cup of concrete is going to land you in just as much trouble as someone slipping and hurting their back on a, you know, on a, a not pick, not swept up, you know, piece of water or something like that. Yeah. Broken yeah. tile. Yeah. Good to hear. What about the, uh, the uh, energy efficiency legislation uh, that's, that, that's coming in? Where does that sit? So, yeah. So, so, what where it hasn't come in yet, but what's happening at a state and uh, state and federal level is that governments are coming together to identify, uh, and they've done this at a commercial level. And so the commercial property sector is very far ahead of residential in terms of energy efficiency of buildings, and they have a neighbours star rating system. And Australia actually. Um, pioneered this research and rolled it out across the world where basically major commercial buildings have a star rating system that measures how effective and efficient they are. And the data now shows inside commercial real estate that energy, that buildings that have a higher star rating and it's out of, I think it's out of, uh, I can't remember, five, seven, something like that. Um, but the higher the energy rating, energy efficiency rating, the more rent they get because the running costs are less, right? So you're paying, so, and, and the amenity is seen to be better and the quality of work, life balance or whatever, but, you know, the quality of the work mm. environment is seen to be more effective. What's now happening across um, state and federal levels is, and with the CSIRO, is working on a rating system for residential housing. Now, it's not in place yet, but it is definitely coming. Yep. And what that means is that across Australia's $10 trillion asset class, they are, and the banks are working um, on this already because they need to understand the risk assessment of their portfolio, of their mortgage portfolios, how much of their mortgages that they've got out there are to properties that are not energy efficient. What we're seeing though from the early um, outcomes of that is that over 80% of Australia's existing residential property is of a two star or around two stars. Now that is out of seven stars. Mm. Now, some of that is because 
until recently, the technology to make things seven stars hasn't existed. The majority of our housing stock is, you know, all been built before sort of 1980. You know, like it, it makes sense, right? We've been building properties like this for the past 200 and something years. Um, it makes sense that they would not all be, you know, five, seven stars. But this is really interesting if you're a property investor or if you're interested in the property market because in the old days, being five years ago, <laughs> We used to look at properties that were renovators' delights, you know, like you look at a property to see, well, can I do something to this to make it worth more? And traditionally that would be, can I knock out a wall? Can I make it a bit more open plan? Can I upgrade the kitchen? Can I, you know, what can I paint? Uh, do, what is the not structural work that I need to do to pretty this place up to either flip it or to just rent it for a, a little bit more money, right? What we are going to see, though, is the new renovators' delights actually being properties that are lower stars that can be more easily turned into higher stars through through that lens. But the, but I can't stress enough, Bushy, how this is going to fundamentally change what happens in property for the next five years, because we've seen the contractor and the tradie and the supply chain issues that came out of COVID, yeah. a couple of things are going to come out of this as this becomes the norm. There is going to be a moment in time where the home owning populace, so all those baby boomers and Gen X go, what the hell do you mean my property is only two stars? <laughs> and that is going to create a flurry of activity to A, understand, well, how do I make it worth more? Like there's going to be a very big education piece that needs to be played in this space to help people understand what do I need to do and how do I assess the products and the, the things that I need to add to my property? That's going to be, um, there's going to be a, a crunch around getting those products into market finding suppliers who are reliable and trustworthy who can deliver them. And in this space, that's where real estate agents have and property managers have a huge role to play because they already have trusted relationships with um, with their suppliers and their tradies. Yep. They know how to manage property and project manage property. And I think this is where we're going to start to see that high, the, the new model come out where property managers actually start to manage property that is not necessarily rented, but is actually owned by people who you bought the, I bought the property through you. You've got this subscription service or something. Can I, can you help me with this? Cause this is too big a project to get it up to, or we're thinking of selling. We're only a two star at the moment. We want to get it up to a four star before we sell. So as well as, you know, fixing the down, the, the gutters and, and, you know, spray painting the or you know spray painting the bricks or cleaning up the garden what do we actually have to do to change over to electricity or, or, or like what is the size of that project going to look like and is that juice worth the squeeze when it comes to sale time because what we're going to see is that in a street where there are two four bedroom homes where one where they both have mealer appliances and open plan living and a swimming pool and you know and two bathrooms and stuff like that one will be seven star rating or six star rating and one will be three or four star rating and the difference in price even though those properties may be identical in terms of features that we have traditionally looked at in terms of what thing you know same number of bedrooms same number of car spaces 
we're going to be looking at different features to understand the value of it. And the valuation in the banking industry are getting all over this right now. Very exciting. As a as a ex-architect, Kylie, uh, I'm really excited about the opportunity that's going to bring both to uplift the efficiency of properties, but also the, the industry and the investor opportunity to take advantage of that rating system to introduce another uh, area where they can potentially add value uh, above and beyond the traditional. And, and what I also love about what you're sharing with us is that you know, reaching that tipping point, uh, I've, I've already seen in the, the industry where the, there's been a, a big shift uh, because of the technology, technological enablement uh, that, that's come into the industry, where in you know, uh, not even 10 years ago, it was really difficult to convince someone to buy a property not in their backyard. Mm. Uh, much easier proposition now to get people to become borderless in their outlook around property because of all of the uh, technological advancement that's happened. It makes it very easy for people to actually uh, get a much better feel for locations and properties remotely. Stay with us, Bushy and Kylie. We'll be back after this short break. Hi. Just before we get back to the show, I want to take a couple of seconds to tell you about a great live and free workshop that you can enjoy it's going to unpack the art and science of true property investment. And it's got the potential to transform your investment approach and give you a GPS that's going to help you to achieve your version of financial freedom. Now, it's fair to say that there's lots of property information out there these days that can often leave you more confused, but very few provide you with the information and the inspiration that's going to give you the comfort and clarity to make better informed property investment decisions on the road to your ideal lifestyle. It's why I strongly suggest that regardless of where you're at on your property investment journey, be it as a beginner or an experienced investor, you need to take the time to do yourself a favor and invest in one of Get Rare Properties upcoming free live online workshops, which is hosted by active investor and highly acclaimed national buyers agent, Rusty Vipav, who's also the author of the must read book, The Property Wealth Blueprint. So take a second now and jump on getrare.com.au forward slash financial freedom. Repeating that again, that's getrare.com.au forward slash financial freedom as the first step to taking your property investment to the next level. This is Realty Talk, powered by realty.com.au. Welcome back. We rejoin the conversation with Bushy and Kylie. Putting all this together, how, how is this likely to change how real estate uh, professionals uh, uh, and their agencies are structured and run. And then we'll talk a little bit about the opportunities that are coming out of all of this. Yeah, I think I think property management is moving away from being something that happens off to the side while the, you know, the glory boys go out and sell, <laughs> sell stuff. I think property management is going to become the heart and soul of all real estate businesses. We're seeing, we are also seeing, because of these changes around, you know, fair work and the legislation and the sheer energy that is required to run a business that has an HR function and an EAP function or, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of compliance that is required that is almost becoming and, and technology and technology understanding and, and having a technology roadmap for your business. And all of these things are making it really difficult for, mum and dad and a couple of girls on the, you know, the back office to those offices to exist, unless they're part of a bigger, you know, a bigger system that is supplying those, those areas. So what we saw during COVID uh, 
it was that those businesses that had really good technology or had had a technology plan didn't have to be really good. They just had to have an idea as to what they were going to do and ideally have migrated to the cloud. We saw those businesses that had half a clue in that space start to really separate from the pack. And Macquarie's new benchmark report shows some of this as well in it quite clearly. You can see that real estate is becoming more corporatized. Residential real estate is becoming more corporatized. We are moving away from being a cottage industry of mum and dad operators to, sure, we can still be small businesses, but we're becoming bigger small businesses. And in that way, we are having bigger, you know, better processes and structures and employee protections and better, you know, commitments to clients. And all of that is being done in a lot more of a, you know, compliant and and robust way or more process-driven way. What we're seeing too, though, is that now, this is only just starting to be talked about, but I think this um, last bit around what's coming down the pipe with um, energy efficiency is going to be the thing that makes this definitely happen, that property management will be at the centre of it. So every real estate agent on the planet is desperate for leads. Every real estate on the planet doesn't all well not every real estate on the planet but but we there is a disconnect between the desire for leads and the repeat business that comes through what's missing is that glue in the middle of why would I in the seven to 12 years when I'm not buying or selling why would I have a reason to stay in touch with my real estate agent well the same reason like you would have a reason to stay in touch with your lawyer or your dentist like you don't really want to hang out with those people but you know that they're there when you need them but if there's a service that they're offering across that period. And so that's where I think that subscription service of property management. One of the great, and I, and here's my, here's my personal anecdote, but, but backed up by conversations with hundreds of friends. We, my husband and I owned a couple of investment properties. We've been very, um, very lucky. Uh, and the two properties that I care the least about are the ones that are the least problem to me um, when they're our investment properties, right? But so when something goes wrong with either of those, somebody sends me an email or reaches out to me on the phone and says, um, you know, the fan's blown out on the on the, on the the exhaust fan for the, the stove. Uh, it's under the amount you're good with us to fix it. Totally, absolutely, please fix it. Like done, like take it out of the next month's rent. Good, fine. When it happens, and it has, it is, we, we do not have a functioning exhaust fan. I am deeply unhappy with my oven. I do not like my stovetop. I really, really, really want someone in my house that is not me, uh, ideally my husband, to um, fix it in my house. It doesn't work. But it involves rock, scissor, paper and, you know, the edge of divorce to come up with the who's going to take the time to get the quotes to or to find the tradies who then will or won't turn up to do something, you know, who then do or don't quote over a period of time where I've completely lost track of where we're up to. And, and then I can never remember, I've lost the will to live over whether we actually do it or not. It makes no sense. I want one throat to choke and that choke that throat should not be my husband's on on fixing things. And I I might be not I might not be the majority, but I am part of a growing market of people who who see their time as valuable, who would like to pay someone for the for some service. <laughs> I'd like to I want one phone, I want one phone number in my phone that I can call to say, can't get is you know is can I get a quote on fixing the thing that's not work? My house isn't working. Make it make it work. Um, so I think that's where. And then also, we need solar panels. We want you know we want you know, we're wanting to upgrade our property. What does a sensible upgrade 
process look like? And even if you're buying something right now, knowing this is a two-star home, we're going to be, but it's our forever home. We're going to be here for the next, you know, 15, 10, 15 years while the kids grow old here or grow through school. What do we do over that 10, 15 year period to turn it into a seven star home so that when, or whatever the, the stars are in 15 years, who's going to help me do that? Who's going to partner with me? Is that really, is that 26 million or, you know, 20 million homeowners individual problem to solve? Or is there an industry out there that could lean into that problem and offer help? Oh yeah, there is. It's called real estate agents. It's just that our business model and our way of thinking around it, because we're so busy chasing leads the way we've always chased them, hasn't adjusted to that. And that's where the technology can help us. Yeah, I love it. Uh, there's several things I love about what you're sharing with us. And that is Firstly, that the young sung heroes of the real estate industry, property managers, are finally going to see some, uh, spend some time in the sun. But, but secondly, I think that property managers are also got the potential to become project managers in the context mm. of talking about and the and the blurring the line between a property manager and a selling agent. That they're going to start to come together and create a different skill set. Essentially, that's going to address the the issues that are current in the industry. So very exciting on that front. Uh, I'd love for you to share, uh, we've talked about the uh, property professionals uh, to some degree, but what are the opportunities for property investors, buyers and sellers in the space, given the changes that you're seeing coming from the prop tech side of the equation? Well, I think if I if you're buying, regardless of whether you're buying for yourself or whether you're buying as an investment property, I think look at the properties, like start from now, right? Look at the properties that you're, that you're considering through that energy efficiency lens. Um, CSIRO on their website have a thing called livability. It has 17 points that make a property livable. It's a great starting point to understand what energy efficient. It's not just, you know, oh, do they capture the rainwater or do they do grey stuff? It's actually, what are the things being that do or don't exist, they might not exist yet in this property that make it more affordable to run yeah. um, if they're used properly. So, so look at the properties that you're wanting to buy now that you can do that work to, to increase its value as you live in it or own it or rent it out because we we are moving into a new era where the haves and the have-nots inside property ownership like we see in like we see in commercial uh you know there are there are property owners who own you know very high end high star rated that get premium rents and then there are people who own the rest of the stuff right so um we're going to start to see residential fall into classes um in class system and uh, of of good, of, you know, excellent, okay, and pretty piss poor um, energy efficiency. And what will happen if you are a landlord owning a, a lower end property is that you'll struggle to get the rents that you want, uh, you know, and, and look, maybe maybe that's hard to imagine right now where, where you know, vacancy rates are so low, but it, um, but things will start to change quite quickly and, and you don't want to get caught out by it. You want good tenants who rent long-term in great properties that you know that you don't, that you can just put money in the bank with yeah i love that i'm very excited about the changing dynamics and the opportunity that's going to create and uh, i want to really thank you for sharing these very informative and inspiring insights kylie and and thanks again for joining us on australia's longest running and most popular property show 
get on property hub successful property investment is a game of finance do you have the right team and the right game plan realty talk is brought to you by know-how property more than mortgage brokers bushy martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs tax risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth know-how has helped over 1900 homeowners and investors secure more than 800 million dollars in property wealth so get set to live more work less and live your legacy want to know how to invest in your freedom visit knowhowproperty.com.au subscribe now to realty talk it's out every week and that brings us to the end of this week's show a big thanks to kylie davis and bushy for a really great show make sure you don't miss a single episode of realty talk or bushy's get invested podcast delivered to you each and every week by subscribing to the property hub you can do that now on your favorite podcast player or wherever you're listening to or watching this show thanks to our content partners once again to realty.com.au watch out for that special episode next week on discovery search also bmt tax depreciation know-how property finance, get rare property and Apiro marketing. I'm Kevin Turner on behalf of Bushy and the Property Hub team. We look forward to seeing you again next week.